Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 204 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and thank you so much for tuning in today. Today, my guest is Jay Collins, also known as Jay Workin on the IG, on Instagram. He's a designer, mentor, and educator. During this episode, we talk about his journey to Jay working and building his own brand, and it involves a little bit of corporate America, getting caught up in a little bit of commoditization of design, a little bit of 2008 crash in there, a little bit of volunteer time, a little bit of starting the teaching and building brand. It's a good story, I promise you that. We also get into how his creativity started with storytelling with action figures. I can relate to this one for sure. We also talk a little bit about his first computer. We all have a little soft spot for that, hey? That first computer. Jay does a lot of training of inner city kids, ages 9, 10 plus around that area. And in that two weeks, they go from not knowing anything about design to designing advanced things. And it's awesome to see and awesome for him to be a part of. He also shares with us how he went through a period of time where he was unemployed for around four years, how he got through it and what he did to build his brand during that time. We talk about the pie chart gone wrong. And right near the end, he tells us about how talking at Creative South is something that he is so proud to have done and to have been a part of and why. I love talking with Jay. He's got a huge passion for graphic design and for teaching and for training. And it's awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get right to it. My guest, Jay Collins. Here we go. Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field. And we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a quickie? Jay, welcome to the Quickie Podcast. How are you, man? I'm good, good. Good. We're staying safe. We're staying inside. Yes. Thank you for having me. No, it's great to have you on the show, man. So, the first question I got to ask is, are are you ready for a quickie? Yes, I am. I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) Happy days, Jay. Well, let's start with some of the tough stuff. Briefly tell the listeners about yourself. Well, my name is Jamal Collins. I go by Jay Working. Um, I teach in the inner city uh, graphic design. I'm a mentor on top of that. I do create content as a designer. So I do a lot of vlogging. I edit my videos. I do photography. Um, I turn myself into a personal brand um, using the alias Jay Working. So that's just a play off my name. And I teach kids and I teach around 100 kids a month. And I teach adults as well. Awesome. Um, industry standard graphic design. So we're cutting past um, all the preliminaries and jumping right into the pros with nine-year-olds. So. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah, my kids are 12, 10, and 9. So they're right at that age where they're starting to you know, get the... Um I guess the right like motor skills and have enough focus to really put into creating something and slowly developing something and letting it build. So it's a pretty exciting time too. Yeah, yeah, it's awesome, man. I love seeing it. That's awesome. And we were talking before we got started. You've been in this game for twenty nine years or so now. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, you know, we have some 
the pandemic going on right now. So I did kind of witness the industry change a lot. Um, the market crashed. I was unemployed for a long time. So to evolve with technology and, and as if and as as fast as it goes, how things have changed and how you have to evolve as a designer is really important. So. Mm. So I did think, you, as a designer, did you feel that initial sort of internet crash way back in the day? No, I think I think one of the things was was that I was just you know trying to get my degree, and everyone was mostly wasn't a lot of self employed entrepreneur type mindsets back then. So it was like work your way up the ladder, get a job, and um, you know do that and try to be successful designer doing that. So. Mm-hmm. Got it. And then around the 2008, like we're um, during that crash, did you see the industry change and evolve during that time? Yeah. Well, I saw it evolve before that time. So it kind of was evolving very fast because they was going into um, outsourcing a lot of work. So they was mm-hmm. coming up with things called brand guidelines because I worked at PricewaterhouseCoopers, which was an accounting firm. Mm-hmm. It was a nice way to start off, you know, being a, a beginner designer. And it was quickly... Um, customizing and um, commoditizing design very fast. So that kind of um, left a lot of designers kind of searching for clues because they were, you know, this was like, I guess you want to say beginning the Fiverr and templates and all of this stuff, yeah. which was, was, it was a nice thing to do. It was sped up the workflow, but at the same time, you know, you had to start reading HTML. So I've always been like on the cutting edge of, you know, watching the industry. So I was reading HTML, learning code, doing websites, editing video back then. So this was all like a part of a part of it. So um, kind of being self-employed. So doing logos on the side, I think that's like mm-hmm. part of the game of, you know, being a resource for everybody. So definitely. I, I, I think another important thing is kind of I was working at accounting firm. So it was kind of boring anyway. So I, still <laughs> I can worked, imagine. You know, yeah, so you still want to do some logos, you still want to do some videos and do your own website, flash animations and all that stuff. So Definitely. Yeah. So you mentioned you were at that accounting firm. How long were you there for? I was there for ten years. Ten years. Yeah. So could you give me sort of like the the quick summary of, you know, I I, I finished school or, or whatever your first job was in design and then sort of the few steps on how that evolved to where you are now? Uh I worked there for 10 years and the economy tanked around 2007, 2008. Uh-huh. Um, and plus technology was going fast too. So that kind of left me out of work. And it was hard to find work, even though I had um, 10 years of experience. I got my degree. I still couldn't find anything to the capacity that I was making at the time. So wow. I started volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club. I was doing work, but it wasn't at the magnitude that... I wanted it to be because I wasn't known and you know so um I started volunteering at the Boys and Girls Club I had no choice to get out of my comfort zone I started teaching and I just fell in love with that I started creating content I kind of was kind of following I was doing a lot of reading because I was at a place in my life where I was depressed I was kind of searching for some help and there wasn't a lot of role models at the time mm-hmm. there wasn't no designers it was designers but it wasn't no type of role model designers at the time because I'm basically going to be the guy because, you know, I started off when it wasn't at the beginning, like mm-hmm. I said, 90. So, wow. Yeah. That's crazy, man. What a wild journey. Um, so I want to kick this back even further now. And I want to hear a little bit about your childhood there, Jay. 
Did okay. you do you feel that you had like a creative childhood that pointed you in this design career path? Yeah, I think it was weird because you know I'm growing up in the '80s and um, back then it wasn't a lot of you know it wasn't no we was outside a lot. Uh-huh. So my I had a huge imagination and I I fell in love with my GI Joe toys. Yeah, so I would literally. <laughs> so, <laughs> now we're talking. So I so went through I my action figure phase. I would literally be in my room for hours. I mean, because I saw I saw how the toys evolved because yeah. it wasn't a lot of Mar. It was hard to get Marvel toys. They were limited, so it wasn't like I could go and get Credible Hawks. So I kind of saw toys evolve and the GI Joe Joy Joes evolved the technology of the toy they was more flexible you can twist their ankles so your creativity was even more mm-hmm. with this technology That's awesome <laughs> the action figure technology yeah so, <laughs> i love that yeah so um and comic books too so i fell in love with comic books and drawing i think everybody was doing a little drawing and things like that so i was drawing the comics so as another thing that kind of shifted was popular culture and hip hop. So graffiti. So I kind of evolved from doing the cartoon characters drawing Spider-Man to doing B-boy characters and graffiti mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So that's that, where. Yeah, that's cool. So did you have any sort of designers, um, you know, as um, mom and dad and or uncles or a teacher that really just lit that design fire or flicked that switch or really pointed you in the direction of graphic design? No, I think it was like this was before we even knew that it was possible to even generate any type of income. Mm-hmm. I was more doing it for the love. So yeah. it wasn't like we didn't have an end goal like I was going to make some money off of it. This just kind of what we was doing. We was either breakdancing we was rapping or we was DJing or we was doing graffiti or we was doing all of them. Yeah. This is kind of just like what we were doing. So you can't just break dance on a board without drawing on it. So, you know, um, I just fell in love with the characters. I fell in love with graffiti, the colors and all of that stuff. So the thing was, was the awareness of high school back then was limited. So it was like, it really wasn't a lot to, you kind of was on your own and couldn't look up stuff like you can now. You couldn't Google nothing. So you was mm-hmm. kind of limited on what you did. So I think going to the Akron U kind of opened my resources up more. So that that's that kind of helped me out. So I took graphic design and then they introduced the computers. It was like, hey, we got this new thing called the Internet. I got the first Photoshop and fell in love and just started improving from there i was you know always heavy in the illustrations and stuff like that but i bought my first computer in 95 yeah so yeah i bought a uh, mac performer that was like the the little mac boxes right y- yeah no it was a desktop it was a desktop it came yeah. with a monitor oh yeah 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 was it separate was it a separate like computer and monitor or was it like yeah. that all-in-one unit it was separate yeah this was the first one Oh, cool. I don't I haven't even seen those because I started on Mac in elementary school and it was the little single units where you could do like a little bit of word processing and then Oregon Trail. Oregon Trail okay. was like the game. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So I remember those ones. But and how do you remember how much that Mac cost back then? It was twenty five hundred. That's a I had lot a of dough back then. Yeah, that's a lot of dough. And couldn't afford no, couldn't, wasn't hacking software. I had a, luckily I had a friend of mine who 
came over and he loaded me up and gave me some software, man. I was so blessed to have that. So, yeah. So it was like just to be able to have that computer at home and have that software at home. Because before that, you had to go to the lab. Yeah. So any kids who had any like people who had the Internet back then, like my peers who had the Internet and computers at home was crushing me because yeah. I was limited to going to on campus to do my work. So, so it was essential to, to have that back then. So getting that computer at home really like lit that fire and just like amplified the amount of work and stuff you were producing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, Jay, I want to know then, what has been the most influential design of your life so far? Something that you saw and has just stuck with you since? Just being able to just touch the youth and be able to give them something and just see some nine-year-old, 10-year-olds take off within like a couple of weeks and doing full-blown advanced design as designers. And they don't even know they're designers. Wow. So to see that is like amazing to me. Like I love doing it. Like, like I just, it's just like a beautiful thing to see that come to fruition. So, and that's constantly, and that's constantly happening. So you're continually just getting revved up and reignited on this journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Cause there's so much more to do. Yeah. Um, and I think this is a perfect time to put the platform more online and streaming and be more of a, uh, be more connected to everybody right now than, than more than ever because yeah. um because i was seeing a lack of um a lot of kids move a lot so i kind of lose contact even though um you know accessible my 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 handle was still the same but i still lose a lot of kids mm-hmm. because of moving or the program has shifted every time i come back something is different something has shifted something you know so a lot of stuff that i can't control I can have more control over an online platform. So that's what I'm working on right now at this moment. So, oh, very cool, man. Yeah. And earlier on in your career, is there a book or a logo or a design of some kind that you saw that sort of really impacted maybe not your style, but your, your drive and your ambition to keep going in that creative direction? Yeah, it's a book called Psycho-Cybernetics. I, um, I was kind of said again. I haven't heard of that one. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's a doctor called it's a doctor called uh, Maxwell Maltz, and he's a plastic surgeon, and it's more on psychology than design. So it's about um, really uh, you know, you have like a success mechanism, and really tapping into that success mechanism by the way you think. So one of the problems that I was having is I fell into some depression and because I wasn't finding any work, it was kind of really messing with me. Plus, when I did find work, I felt like I was getting mistreated on where I was at. Like I really wasn't getting treated as the top designer and it kind of was messing with my psyche. So I really had to work on my mindset and work on how I think about stuff more than just the design. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like it's like a twofold. It's the technical aspect, but it's the strategy behind what you're doing and, and just being patient and, you know, just working on that and believing in yourself. Yeah. And building that yeah. strong mind. Yeah. Because the problem is I have no role models really to call. I ain't really have nobody. I really wasn't networking and building the relationships that I have now. Mm-hmm. So I had to find those in the book. So I suggest anybody needs to have as many role models as possible and they need to be like the top guys not somebody like you know like 
Elon Musk, Zeph Golden, like all these guys, like uh, Chris Hu at the future, like all these guys is like just gives you energy. And like this is a perfect time. Like everybody's home right now. You should be cramming as many books as possible. So mm-hmm. getting up crack of dawn and reading and reading and reading and reading. That's where you're going to find. That's where you're going to get all your ideas from. Definitely. I saw on your Instagram, <clears throat> I think it was yesterday, you were sharing um, some of the books that you had either in your iPad or Kindle. I couldn't quite see what it was. Yeah. Um, and I saw Elon Musk's biography or autobiography, yeah. biography. Yeah. Either way. Um, did you read that one? What did you think of that? No, one? I didn't read that one. Nope. It, yeah. I didn't get to that one yet. The one that I'm reading now is called Dot Com Secrets. Oh, so that I- sounds cool. Yeah, dot com secrets is about the marketing funnel, how that works. So understanding how to bring people along the journey on, you know, getting hooked into your product and scaling up your product and not just having one service because you have multiple things. Yeah. So I think one of the problems with the designers is we miss the business aspect. That's the only thing that I was kind of lacking in school is business and marketing. Mm-hmm. So that's why I had to really teach myself those type of things. So Another one I was kind of kind of ironic that I was kind of reading was um, one called Deep Work. And that's um, about being the distractions and getting a deep level of work by not being distracted by social media and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, I think because of social media, because of your phone notifications, emails and work, we don't have, well, it's talking about you don't have a deep level of work where you super concentrated on something, mm-hmm. like writing a book. Like, so it's kind of giving some examples of Woody Allen and, you know, people who've created a, a lot of things by isolating themselves in cabins and really doing this work. So it's like people are like freaking out of being in the house, but this is the time where you can really focus and do deep work because you're not distracted. Mm-hmm. I've, been wanting, I've been wanting to put my classes online, but... And do this, but I couldn't because I'm working the whole time. Um, you know, you know, I got the family, I got the schedule because I'm working, I'm teaching during the day and after school. So it's kind of hard to take some time off. And plus, I'm a resource for everybody. So everybody calling me, everybody yeah. wants something. People still want me to design stuff. So this is like a perfect time to really get some deep work and see what you come out of it in the end. Yeah, it'll be interesting when all of this is over to see, you know, what kind of work has been created and developed. Um, that really comes out from this, right? Because some people are just at home hanging out with Netflix and others are like head down getting these things that have been on their to-do list forever done and crossed off. Yeah. But I mean, I think it's vital because you don't know what the industry is going to be like. Uh Like I was teaching in school. I was teaching at three or four different schools. Who knows how this market is going to change and those programs may not, I'm not guaranteed to come back to these programs Mm -hmm. because of, you know, they got to pay teachers. I don't know what the budget's going to be looking like in these programs. Yeah. So I may not be coming back to my students. So what do I do from there? Yeah. You know, so. Um, it's wild out there, man. Yeah. So I think I learned, I learned valuable from being, I think I learned a lot because I was unemployed for four years, almost five. So it's like, you know, a lot of things I did, I kind of minimalized a lot of stuff that I was doing. Mm-hmm. So, um, I don't have a lot of expenses, so I'm able to work part time and still sustain. Yeah. So I kind of that's kind of what I was doing. I mean, the housing in Cleveland is very um, inexpensive, so you can get a house and put it together and not have no expenses. 
things like that. I think it's vital for, you know, creatives as us to have as less as possible so we can, you know, make adjustments and creating content too. Yeah. So I think, you know, I talk about the resume being dead and stuff like that is because um, people want to see the value that you bring. So the thing is right now, like me being a leader and me being a space, what type of value am I bringing during this, this time? Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, I posted videos on my YouTube channel for three years. So I got three years worth of content videos talking about, say, you know, talking about a lot of stuff that's like vital to your survival as an artist, as a creative, like, you know, and separating yourself from everybody else. Mm -hmm. I talk about this a lot. The thing that I did was I stepped in front of my portfolio and I packaged my intellect instead of packaging my logos. So that's harder to replicate and that makes you indispensable. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, Zeph Golden talks a lot about being indispensable and doing that. So people got to figure that out, you know, and I'm here for everybody, anybody who needs help in doing that. So because I'm still trying to do it, too. So that's cool. Yeah. Excited to see sort of where this journey takes us all. Right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So, Jay, I want to get uh, I want to get into story time now. Okay. It's where uh, I've got a couple of questions that take you through some of the tough times in your career. And I want to share those stories and, and the lessons learned during those times with the listeners. Um, and then we'll spin it around. We'll end in a happy place here. Okay, cool. Um, so first up, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was it challenging and how did you get through it? I think the most challenging part was um, not getting any work. Uh, mm-hmm. Being out of work for four years, like, you know, I got a family to to take care of. I got expenses like everybody else. And it's a struggle because I was working at a company. I'm, I'm at like a Fortune 500 company making a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And now I'm out of work and I can't find any work. So um, how do I survive for four years with no work? I mean, that's a that's kind of heartbreaking at the same Absolutely. time. Yeah. So it's kind of tough but at the same time it was you know just being patient with that and you know i developed jay working i developed all the stuff that i was doing so i had to go through that that period to get to that point mm-hmm. so yeah so if there's somebody out there right now that's in that same route they were at a fortune 500 they started commoditizing and outsourcing design and they've been sitting for two years trying to find a job trying to find something for themselves what should they be doing right now they should be forming as many relationships as possible. And what I mean by that, at the time, I was going to a lot of design conferences. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was uncomfortable at first. I didn't know everybody. And I'm just going and pounding any art shows and anybody. I was showing a lot of gratitude at the same time. Plus, I was videotaping and just telling the, telling my story and working on that. So I work on my delivery. I work on what I'm talking about. I'm working on my online presence. I'm trying to monetize my YouTube channel. So just working on your brand and being a voice because everybody's unique. And I talk about that and everybody has some type of story. Mine's is that I'm 49 and I've been in the game for this long, but yours could be like, I'm young, I'm a student and I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I need some help. And this is my journey. So I think, I think that's, that's important. Very at this point. So what I'm hearing you say out of that is basically owning where you're at and what your story is. And treating your own projects and building your own platform as if it's your full-time job, as if it's your thing. Right. I think there's no way around that. 
because people want to tap in and see who you are and see if you are what you say you are. Mm-hmm. So if you want to be work at Nike, it's not just sending Nike a resume. They want to see sketches. They want to see drawings. They want to see you talking about it and, and all of that stuff. I think that's the necessary thing you got to do. Thought process, right? That's, you know, that's yeah. one of the things that I talk about on um, the show, you know, through different conversations and with designer friends of mine is that when you, you know, the days of emailing your portfolio and getting an interview, you're like, dude, those days are long gone. Right. <laughs> Standing out and being different with either through storytelling through the process or the other thing that I talk about is I've had some guests who package up and create a physical product of themselves. I'll talk about Nick Miner from Miner Design Co. He loves hot sauces. So he created and branded his own hot sauce, Love his it. own custom print letterpress printed label with foil. <laughs> He's got his own box and his own packaging. And right. that's his introduction to freelance clients he wants to work with or if he was going for to look for jobs. Like that's your introduction. I love it. Yeah. That's the yeah. easy way to stand out over a hundred different email portfolios. Right, exactly. Yeah, it's vital. Awesome. So it's kind of you gotta figure that out. Yep. So. No, I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So just being authentic. Being authentic. I like that. So Jay, I want to get a little bit more specific with this next one. I want you to take us to a specific design or a project that you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that story? Uh, probably I was I had a project and I it was going to print. And I didn't do a lot of printing because the printing was in-house. Mm-hmm. And it was a chart, and I got the numbers mixed up wrong on the chart, but I wouldn't have known it. And we went to print. We printed a whole bunch of them. <laughs> <laughs> it was a pie chart, yeah. and, the, and the, the, the key on the pie chart was wrong. So that was probably like a, a typo that I, you know, <laughs> it, was, it was horrible at the time. Yeah, I can't really think of anything else that was really, really bad. Like that was probably like, probably the worst. So you designed this thing. It it went through, you know, a few people proofing it. I'm going to assume, and everybody missed yeah. it. Said it looks great. Yeah. yeah. And at what point did you go, see it and go, oh no? They pointed it out. I didn't even see it because oh, it, no. it was a it was a pie chart with yeah. the numbers. So I wouldn't have known. I'm just looking for other typos. So everything was there. Everything else was flawless, but this pie chart had the wrong numbers on it. Oh, so. No. <laughs> so they, <laughs> so they were all printed and produced and everything. And somebody went, uh, "This doesn't add up." Yeah, exactly, exactly. Oh, a nightmare. Yeah, so I did think they... I think that's the nightmare of going to print, like printing something with some typos on it is the worst. Dude, I, so print is my background and that's, I, okay. I'm very passionate about print. I love print. And that's so true. You could have a hundred people look at a PDF. You could scan through the hard copy proof sign. Yeah. Everything looks great. Sign it off. You'll show up for the press check. First flat, you look at it, the press check, you go, what? There's a huge typo right there. Big Man. bold letters and everybody missed it. The thing, the thing with Price Waterhouse, we had inside printing, so I was doing all my printing there. Yeah. So we had in-house, so I really wasn't outsourcing a lot. So yeah. I didn't get a chance. I really didn't get. I was. I'm, I've always been all digital. I really didn't get a chance to do cool printing, so I'm. I'm a little jealous. 
<laughs> There's still time, Jay. Still time to get in that yeah. game. <laughs> right. Awesome, man. Um, so, Jay, what is something that you're struggling? Actually, this is a really interesting question for this time, the timing of this interview. Um, what is something that you're struggling with in your design career right now? Uh, going online and streaming. So I've been putting that on the back burner for the longest time. So I'm um, just setting that up, setting up. Am I going to do membership? Am I going to do some pricing? Am I going to do some free courses? Am I going to, what platform am I going to use? So I'm looking at doing um, LearnDash right now and setting up some streaming. Am I going to stream from this webcam? Am I, so all of these questions, and do I have enough time? You know, I have been sick for like, all of February, actually. Mm -hmm. So I'm just not getting better. Like, so I'm really trying to stay away from everybody because I'm just not feeling like 100% today, actually. So all of February, I was down. So, you know, um, so that's kind of like, you know, I'm a little concerned about the industry and what, you know, the impact that it's going to have on everybody. So, you know, I don't want to rush. I want everything to be um, right. So I don't want to get too fancy either. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, being a designer, we could get too fancy. So I need to do, you know, read this. I need to finish this book. So I did talk about the dot com secret. So I'm trying to get through that. So, you know, that's kind of like the concern right now. It's just is, is this going to be successful? Is, you know, can I sustain with this online platform? You know, so all these questions, but. So, so naturally, every person, no matter how successful they are, has that little bit of self-doubt that comes knocking. When you are getting that, what do you what do you do to keep going, to keep powering through? To be to be honest, I go back through my old videos. So I go nice. back through my old content and then I it'll just give me back to, you know, my thoughts on on where I should be or and reading, too, gives me that energy, too, and taking notes. And um, I listen to a lot of Earl Nightingale. You familiar with Earl Nightingale? No. <laughs> write, that, write that down. I'm going to. Yeah. Earl Nightingale is old school. You can pull him up on uh, on on YouTube. Okay. So Earl Nightingale is like one of the first guys who was doing talks on motivation and stuff like that. So he talks about cool. innovation. He talks about creativity and, you know, doing that. So. You know, I'm I'm excited at the same time too because I feel the energy of doing this right now. Before I didn't have it because I was too busy to do it. Mm -hmm. So right now it's like you know, you know, you just got to embrace this time. If I could be out of work for four years and 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 start Jay working, like that's like a beautiful thing. So people just need to be patient in this process. And you know, if you got enough food and your house is okay for right now, you should be good. Like my mm -hmm. mother's kind of freaking out a little bit i'm like mom it's only been a week like <laughs> chill <Yeah. laughs> yeah, for sure yeah it's you know it's hard though because it's literally everywhere like you yeah. pick up your phone you turn on your tv the doom and gloom news is everywhere right now right so the first thing i did was the thing that i, I had did some a little bit of recording with obs and i didn't have a microphone mm -hmm. so i really didn't want to spend too much money but i did buy a yeti Mm -hmm. microphone and i bought a video capture card too um so um yeah 
And I was kind of looking into I had been this had been on my 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 radar for a long time, because the problem is, is that I'm only I'm limited to how many sites I can go to. Mm-hmm. So I really don't have any products anyway. So yeah. I'm kind of like the bottleneck in what I'm doing, because if I don't go to a site, I can't go but to so many schools at one time. Yeah. So, you know, this is really a lot of freedom for me to do more keynote talks and me to do some more traveling and, mm-hmm. you know, spread this awareness on what people should be doing and how they should be thinking and, you know, mm-hmm. introducing them to this design, being designers to guys like me and you. So. Yeah. yeah, I was, um, you know, I completely understand and stand behind the position Um other stance and decision but hearing about CropCon and creative self you know both postponed man that sucked i was really looking forward to those yeah yeah it was funny like two years ago i was supposed to talk and this was my first major talk at creative south mm-hmm. and a storm slammed into the midwest and i wasn't able to get down there oh, bummer. So, yeah i was um it was like heartbreaking because I had to wait a whole nother year, but it was bittersweet because I just was patient and just waited and just did it then. Yeah. I did shoot a video for them and he, Mike Jones showed the video on stage for me and stuff like that. So it was cool, but I was, I literally spent the whole weekend at the airport. So that means like I'm in line, I'm about to board, I'm waiting, and then the flight is canceled right before you got to get on the plane. Oh, no. So I spent hours at the airport all day Friday, all day Saturday. So yeah. it was just like, you know, my people dropped me off. I'm sitting up there all day long. So storms kind of slammed and it just did like a domino effect on throwing all the flights off. Yeah. But people was literally stuck in airports and all kinds of stuff. So mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer that everything happens for a reason. You just got to find yep. out the reason. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of times well, there's, no, it there's no straight way. There's no straight way to go. To any destination with success is zigzagging. You're zigzagging your way there. Yeah. It's like a torpedo doesn't, it's just making corrections. It doesn't go straight to its target. Mm-hmm. It's making corrections. The, the the rudder on the back is changing every time it's off. So that's just how you got to look at life, too. Definitely. So I think understanding that, like a lot of people need to go through this yep. if they haven't. Like, I think one thing was was tricky is, you know, me being a designer and stuff and just being in the workforce as an adult. Like my parents didn't tell me about, you know, the market, real estate bubble crashing and, yep. you know, all of this and how to deal with that. Yep. So, you know, I think people kind of need to go through that to see, you know, how to pivot and how you're going to change. You sit and wait to see what's going to happen or you start working on what you're trying to work on. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Like we still, when you ask me to do the podcast, I'm like, yes, I'm, I'm definitely want to do it. It brings me some type of nor- normal suit. You yeah, know what exactly. I'm you're connecting with people. You're getting out there. You're talking. You're sharing your message. Right. Exactly. So. 100%. Okay, Jay, I'm going to turn this bus around here for you, man. Okay. Um, I now want you to tell me about a project that you've been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing. Uh... I want to say, let's just say Creative South, nice. um, giving a keynote talk in front of thousands of people and being able to talk for 45 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> On a scale of one to 10, how terrifying was that for you? Uh, it was like a 10. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I was practicing um, like all my keynotes. Like, I don't know. Like, I do a lot of them and I still don't get used to used to them i'm freaking out some 
you know, um, I'm like my worst critic. So, you know, I want to be the best in what I do. So, you know, working on that, I know it's important being a, you know, being in the the eyes of a, you know, being a leader for some. So, Mm -hmm. um, inspiring people. So I got to work on my craft. So hundred percent. Well, Jay, you've reached the point of the show for the Ask It Forward question, my friend. That's where I have a question for you from my last guest, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest, but I'm not going to tell you who they are. Okay, cool. You can ask them anything, though. So my last guest was Chris Zawada. He's a partner and head of creative at a agency called Full Punch out of Vancouver, British Columbia here. And he wanted to ask you, what are you doing to make the world a better place through design? It could be related <laughs> with teaching. It could be, you know, supporting sustainability through designs right. and projects you're working on. What are you doing? Uh, well, I'm teaching 100 kids a month, so I'm being a mentor to them. <laughs> I knew it. Um, I'm all about I'm all about giving back. I think that's when everything changed for me. When I stopped being just a designer and just being for myself, and when I started giving back and giving people like the secrets, like I don't hold back on pricing i don't hold back on business i don't hold back on the books i'm telling and reading and mm-hmm. and all of that stuff like you know i know it takes a lot to you know i couldn't if i wanted to give you everything i learned on campus at the you know at the university i mean you know on campus in college no college in corporate too so i'm sorry and um i couldn't so you know, I, I love giving as much and being a resource for people as much as possible. So I love that mentoring, teaching is so important in yeah. every field, really, but also you know, like especially design and creative. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Jay, what is the question you would like me to ask the next guest? He kind of stole my question. My question is, I wanted to know as a designer how are they giving back. So like it. it's the same thing. Like I feel like every designer and creative should be a resource for somebody and you know help give back as much as possible because I'm seeing a lot of kids um, just in bad they don't know anything about technology they don't know about these options they have so and you know I would like everybody to be some type of mentor for somebody to help mm-hmm. them like you said it's really no jobs it's really no sending no resume it's people vouching for other people and making phone calls with people and saying, you know, hey, I'm in high school. Look at my grades. What should I be doing? What apps should I be getting? What's the industry? What's going on with that? So I think that's where people need to be and people need to be doing that. 100%. I love that, Jay. Jay, you've reached the end of the Quickie Podcast, man. Thank you so much for being my guest today. (laughs) It's a pleasure, man. It's cool talking to you. Nice meeting you too. Nice meeting you too. Really appreciate being on here. All right, that is the end of today's episode. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate your time. Head over and check out Jay on Instagram. It's at J-J-A-Y, working at J-Working on Instagram. He shares some of the stuff that he's working on, and especially now with all of us under quarantine right now, um, he's got some stuff cooking. He's working on some cool projects. Go check it out. Thanks for listening, and talk to you soon.